0: I'm your host, Brad Roland. It is about 1.40 or so uh, a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday morning now after a Saturday night game. And uh, if you stay up to watch the entire game, um, you are a diehard fan, to be sure. I'm fully expecting this to be the least downloaded podcast of the entire season that I do. Um, But the Hawks, if you missed this one uh, overnight or if you were out or asleep, uh, you were better off probably. But the Hawks lost this game to the Clippers by a final score of 150. You're hearing that right. 150 to 101 in regulation. Um the top line thought to describe what happened here was that this is the single largest margin of defeat in franchise history for a regular season game. Um that's not a misprint. Um 49 points is the largest margin of victory for margin of defeat I should say for a regular season game in Hawks franchise history. It is the second largest overall. There was a 58-point loss. I'm not kidding about that. A 58-point loss by St. Louis Hawks um, in the 50s in a playoff game. But since the team moved to Atlanta, this is the worst loss um, that they've had in 50-plus years. And uh, yeah, it, it felt every bit of it, honestly, in the second half of this game. It was absolutely brutal. And uh, that's the top-line thought here. So, you know, <laughs> if anything, there was, a, there was some optimism around this game entering it because of the fact that About an hour and a half before tip-off, the Clippers ruled out Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly, two of their top five players, um, including one of the top five players in the entire world in Kawhi Leonard, um, which seemingly leveled the playing field a little bit for the Hawks in this game. They were still underdogs of about nine points at tip-off. But um, not the largest, uh, not the largest point spread that we've seen on this trip, for instance. Um, but from start to finish, basically, it was a lot of Clippers. There were some nice moments from the Hawks uh, in in the, at the end of the first half. Um, but other than that, it was a lot of Clippers, as you might expect. And we'll go through the game as we always do. And uh, I started regretting promising a podcast, but um, you know, let it, let it not be said that I'm not going to come through for you guys whenever possible. And uh, here we are to talk about this game. So at the top, it was a bad start for the Hawks, as you as you might expect. A 20-3 run by the Clippers to open this game that came on both sides of a timeout. Um, the Hawks actually got pretty decent looks in the early going. They were 1 of 7 from the floor, though, plus a turnover. And uh, to set the tone offensively for the Clippers, Los Angeles scored in their first 8 possessions. They had 20 points on 8 possessions, which is uh, borderline impossible to be averaging 2.5 points per possession for that long. And um, yeah, that kind of was a microcosm of what happened in this game. Um, a nice bounce back from there, though, from the Hawks, to their credit, for the rest of the first half, they actually um, played, you know, uh, essentially even even better than that, actually, you know, after the 23 to open, um, the Hawks got back um, into this game down only 12 at the half, so for, you know, 18 minutes, the Hawks won this game in the first half, that was the only bright spot I can give you, um, yeah, uh, there were some offense-defense subs in the first half. Not a whole lot going on there. Uh, some, some cold shooting. There was a bad pull-up three from Cambridge that I wanted to note. Um, Bembry and Len were the first subs, and they had Bruno Fernando backing up at the power forward spot with Alan Crabb playing real minutes in this contest. In the actual you know body of the competitive game here, the Hawks only played 10 guys. Um, Charlie Brown and Ty Wallace got in the game in the fourth quarter, but it was basically over at that point in time. Well, more than basically over. It was absolutely over by the time Charlie Brown checked in the game. Chandler Parsons was active, but did not play. That was a little bit of a surprise given the margin to have him active and not have, not have him play, but I just don't know what his status is. Obviously, he was active in uniform here, but if he's not going to play in this game, I'm not, I'm not sure how willing, how willing and able he is to play. At this point in time, um, second quarter was not, um, fantastic, but it was certainly a lot better, including, uh, the best run of the game from Atlanta, a 19-6 run to cut the lead to only four, actually, um, it was punctuated by Damian Jones' dunk and five straight points from DeAndre Hunter, some nice moments there, Hunter had a couple of nice finishes going to his right in the first half, um, A 15-2 run after that, though, from the Clippers after the Hawks gained traction and had a shot in the air, actually, to get the the lead to two. So it was pretty close at one point in the second quarter. Paul George, though, was just ridiculous. 25 points in his first 14 minutes of action. And spoiler alert, 37 points in 20 minutes for Paul George. That is not a misprint. That is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, he was not the only guy that was cooking for the Clippers, but certainly the number one guy that was. A nice example that I wanted to point out a positive thing for Bruno Fernando because he was not very good in this game, but had a nice example of him running, running hard, catch, catching the ball on the run, and finishing in traffic. That was good to see from him. But other than that, there wasn't too much going on there. Um, there was a a nice long three from Trey Young that he made to sort of give them some optimism late in the late in the first half. After he he was not shooting the ball well this entire game, but that was one that they absolutely needed at the time. Um, they went to a sort of smaller front court at the end of the first half, which I wanted to point out, had Bruno at the center spot with Hunter and Turner together. Um, It didn't last that long, but uh, it was a little bit of a a different look from this Hawks team after they were playing pretty big for most of the game. The Clippers actually gave the Hawks two free points on a bad foul with about a half a second to go in the first half to get Atlanta back within 12. Um, Still, you know, they scored a lot of points in the first half. The Hawks scored, you know, 62, sorry, yeah, 62 points in the first half. And the offense still wasn't very good, actually. It was a 105 offensive rating, which is not terrible by any means, but it was just a very, very fast-paced game, and the Hawks just couldn't get stopped. The offense, you know, in this game scored 100 points, but the offense was not good. Um, and uh, kind of goes to show you how uh, pace can sort of influence things in, sort of in some weird ways, as well as just bad defense, of course, leading to a lot of things um, in the first half. Evan Turner, and his first game back after a long absence, he actually missed eight games. This is his first game since October 28th. He had 11 in the first half. He was one of the few bright spots in this game. Uh, Had 11, didn't score in the second half, but still a nice return from him, um, all things considered. And there was, um, you know, defensively, you know, it wasn't as bad in the first half, I will say. It was not good, but it still wasn't quite as bad as it was in the second half of this contest. Um, I'm going to cut most of this short in the fourth quarter because it was absolute garbage time. But there was a 3 by Troy Young from 27 feet away to get the Hawks back within 9 on the first possession of the second half. And that was where the uh, positives really stopped. There was a nice block from Damian Jones on Moharkless at the rim. It was a sort of a highlight play and a nice... Uh, Sequence from Cam Reddish, which is probably his best moments of the game other than absolute garbage time when he had a nice in-control move for a bucket from floater range, and on the other end of the floor he blocked Zubach's shot at the rim. It was a good sequence from Cam uh, in that spot, although he was not very good in this game, of course. Um, an 11-3 run by the Clippers to get to get the lead back to 19 with about 7.5 minutes to go in the third quarter, and that was, that was basically the end of the game. We didn't know that at, at that point in time. Obviously, when it gets to 19, it's teetering on the edge, but uh, that was absolutely the end of the game in retrospect. Um, The Hawks came out of the timeout there um, with Parker at center, trying to get an offense-only lineup on the floor. That didn't last very long, though. They put Bruno back in the game, and uh, it snowballed from there. There was one nice sequence from Jabari Parker where he flashes patience at the rim on putbacks. I've been really impressed with the way that Jabari has uh, exercised his finishing around the rim, of course, this year. But everyone's paying attention to the dunks, and they should. um, But Jabari's uh, patience in the lane has been pretty impressive to me. Uh, Defensively, though, in this game, he was a mess. He was not the only one by any means, but uh some of the positive trajectory from Jabari's defense this season, he's not been great by any means, but has been better, at least giving effort. He was very bad in this game, and I wanted to point that out. Even before the game got out of control, he was really rough defensively. Um The Clippers had 99 points in the first 32 minutes, and then they actually scored 51 in the final 16 minutes, which is even worse, but just a whole lot of bad defensively. Um Late in the game, uh the, the Hawks were I guess it was not, I mean, it was over, but the Hawks were only, only down like 28 or 30 at this point in time. It was still in the third quarter. The Hawks used a lineup of Ty Wallace, DeAndre Bembry, Cam Reddish, Evan Turner, and Damian Jones, which is just not going to be able to score under any, any circumstances. I know people always point this out, that I talk about lineups in some weird circumstances here, but that's probably your worst lineup offensively that you can put on the floor. You know, aside from just playing like centers at, at, at the guard spots, Wallace, Bembry, Reddish, Turner, and Jones is a, uh, about as bad as an offensive lineup in the NBA can get, honestly, um, With the, especially with the way that Reddish is playing right now. He's the only guy, really, that has much much of a floor-spacing ceiling on that on that roster. He's just not he's not making shots right now. So a bunch of non-shooters and a couple guys who can sort of playmake in some ways. But, yeah, that's not going to work, and it didn't really matter at that point in time, but still uh, pretty brutal. The Hawks scored—with f- uh, with that lineup on the floor for some of this time, by the way, the Hawks scored five points in the last 6-10 of the third quarter— and uh, if it wasn't already over, it was at that point because the Hawks got up, got down by thirty, and that was the end of that. The fourth was complete garbage time the entire way. I was actually surprised that Trey Young played at all in the fourth quarter. He did come back in to open the fourth quarter, I guess, for one last push. It did not that did not work, obviously, and um, it spiraled out of control. The Hawks, you know, the Hawks only scored five points in his first seven and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. They did get to nineteen in the fourth, and make it look look a little bit better, but in the second half, it was seventy six to thirty nine. That is. As bad as you think it is, obviously, um, the Hawks shot 29% from the floor in the second half, with 22% from three and three assists to ten turnovers. The Clippers shot 57% from the floor, 61% from three, and 16 assists for the Clippers in the second half. And uh aside from a flurry from Cam Reddish in the last three and a half minutes of the fourth quarter when it was absolutely garbage time, um, there wasn't a whole lot to say. The Hawks got down by as many as, as many as 52 points in the in the second half before settling into 49. Um, Reddish. With that flurry, did help his numbers a little bit for the season, but people were asking me what his numbers are, and um, yeah, through uh, through all these games so far, you know, it's it's still a very small sample size, about you know one seventh of the season so far, twenty five percent from from the floor and nineteen and a half percent from three from Cam Reddish. That's uh, not great, particularly when he made his last three shots of this game. So um, we'll talk more about individual players in a minute, but big picture items for the offense and defense. The defensive rating was one thirty five point six, which you know, given the fact that the Hawks could give up 150, you might have thought it was a little bit worse than that even. But uh, yeah, it was unspeakably bad defensively in this game. Part of that, I would say probably a small part, but still part of this of, of that was the Clippers were unconscious at times in this game. Obviously, George with 37 points, 20 minutes speaks for itself. Also, the Clippers were 33 of 35 from the free throw line. That included 26 of 26 from Lou Williams and Paul George. Um, that's not exactly sustainable, but still, the Clippers did their part. Um, the Hawks allowed them to shoot 17 of 33 from three, that included 11 makes combined from George and Jerome Robinson off the bench, and the Clippers shot 54% from the floor, they had 30 assists. <laughs> the crazy thing about this is that the Clippers scored 150 with 21 turnovers, the Clippers had more turnovers than the Hawks did in this game, and they scored 150, that, that, that took what the shooting was, 69% true shooting for the entire game in a very, very fast-paced contest, That's really bad, Uh, and obviously the Hawks' defensive numbers are going to look out of whack now for a while based on how bad this game actually was. You know, the defense was really bad. It was abhorrently bad. Most of the game, I will say a small portion, again, was the Clippers making a lot of shots, but yeah, it speaks for itself. Offensively, uh, things created in the second half. It's a little bit unfair. The fourth quarter was, again, pretty much pure garbage time for the last, like, 17 minutes of this game, so that makes the numbers look a little bit worse offensively, but still a 91 offensive rating for this contest for Atlanta. 38% 38% from the floor, 25% from three. The dick get to the line 37 times, including tr- uh, 12 for Trey Young. But um, aside from that, not a, not a whole lot of positives. 19 assists, first 19 turnovers, they're going to lose most of the time doing that. And that uh, there were very, very few bright spots offensively for this Hawks team, as you might imagine. So with all of that as the backdrop, we will take a quick break and come back to talk about the individual players in this game, as we always do. All right. We are back to talk about the individual players. And uh, again, my apologies for the breakdown here, but, and also thank you for listening to the podcast. Really, I say that all the time, but I especially thank you today. If you click download and listen to the podcast, you are a, you are a true diehard fan. Um, to the bench first in this contest, DeAndre Bembry was minus 30 in 25 minutes. That's probably a little bit misleading. He wasn't absolutely terrible, but he was not good in this game. Six points. Um, did have four assists, two steals, but four turnovers. Had a couple of out-of-control plays. Had one nice finish with his left hand um, when he kind of cut through the defense. and had a nice finish, but other than that... Uh, not a whole lot going on there for Bembry. I mentioned before Evan Turner had 11 points in the first half. That was kind of all he did, but still 11 and 5 in 15 minutes. He was probably the only bright spot off the bench in this game for Atlanta. Good to see him back on his feet with the Achilles. We'll we'll see how that responds in a back to back. If he's even going to be playing tomorrow, they might just rest him anyway with a back to back and the way that he's been coming back from injury. But a nice a nice rebound there from Turner. Uh, Ty Wallace didn't do much in his limited time. Not, even, not even really worth discussing, honestly. Um, Alan Crab, 15 minutes, two of four from the floor, one of three from three. Had five points and two rebounds and two steals in 15 minutes. He didn't have too much going on. You know, His, his spacing does provide some elements, but right now he looks to be a little bit rusty um, still after the first two games that he's played, which is not a big surprise. He missed you know six months of basketball. So expectations should be should be kept low for Crab. I think ultimately he will he will be able to help the Hawks with his four spacing because the Hawks just need shooting, but right now he's probably not a positive in uh, much of other other ways of the uh, game right now. Alex Lynn took a step back in this game after after two very very positive showings. He had 5 points, 3 rebounds and assist and two turnovers in 18 minutes one of five from the floor. His defense was not so bad and again, you know, minus 9 in 18 minutes in this game was actually really really good compared to everybody else. So, you know, he tried to anchor the defense a little bit better than the other guys did, but yeah, not too much going on there. Charlie Brown, same thing, 5, five minutes it's all garbage time, so my my shoulders will shrug at that point in time. Uh Bruno Fernando, 17 minutes, 6 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. A lot of highs and lows for Bruno. I do think that uh the highs were limited in this game. A couple I mentioned one before about the uh, catch and finish in traffic, but the thing with Bruno right now is that he just doesn't know what to do, honestly. it's I'm trying not to be too mean about it because he's a rookie, and rookie bigs, especially rookie bigs, even more so than wings and guards, have a lot of uh, learning curve, defensively in particular, but Bruno's just kind of, you know, right. also the Hawks are doing him no favors right now, playing him at the four. He's not equipped to do that. It's a personnel issue more than anything for this Hawks team, without Collins, without Carter on this trip so far, and, you know, Bruno can't play the four, but even beyond that he's just kind of a rookie right now running around with no real purpose a lot of the time he's still a physical specimen they can do a lot of things well and if you see him play well and flash well you will like what you see but right now he's just kind of lost and um yeah i I don't blame him too much but he's sort of a candidate for me one everybody gets back maybe to go to college park for a while um you heard chris chris say that on the podcast a couple days ago and i it kind of stunned me a little bit but at the same time with the way that he's looking in terms of just not having experience right now, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have them go play 35 minutes a game in College Park. So we'll see if that happens eventually. But right now, they just can't afford to do it with the lack of bodies that they have on the roster. Uh, To the starting lineup, not a lot of positives, again, in this game. Uh, Reddish was minus 45 in 32 minutes. It was his. He, he led the team in minutes. He was, he was the only starter that played um, in the fourth quarter. Really garbage time minutes. I, I told you before. He had he had a nice flourish at the end um, with his three buckets, but still was 4 15 from the floor, one of three from three. The numbers are what they are for the season. They are some of the worst, if not the worst, in the entire NBA right now offensively. It would not be an overstatement to say that Cam is one of the five worst players in the NBA offensively right now. Um, I don't think it's this bad. Obviously, I think he's going to make more shots than this. It's unsustainably bad as a shooting um, sort of profile right now. Still offensively there's a lot of concern um there was a lot of concern before the draft I still have those concerns um you know even with that said I still had him at number eight on my board and thought that was a good pick so I'm not bailing on Cam Reddish by any means necessarily but right now the offense is just it's it's as bad as it looks honestly so we'll we'll talk about Cam more in the future I do want to focus a little bit on on his defense it wasn't his best defensive game by any means but still he had three he had three block shots he was active, and I think he's, um, if not a plus defender right now, he's certainly an average defender, which is a big step for a guy who's just turned 20 years old and is a rookie. So that's not a small thing. I do favor defense more than most people do, so I wanted to point that out. But offensively, it's it's a struggle, and the minus 45, not all him, I, obviously, in this game. Everyone was bad, essentially, So aside from maybe Turner and Hunter. Maybe a little bit Damian Jones, but other than that, um, everyone was bad. So it wasn't just Cam. Uh, it was just particularly awful offensively for him in this game. Uh, Damian Jones a second as a second a second ago was not as bad as some people were. He he fouled out in this game in 23 minutes. That's a problem for him looking ahead and looking back. He's always had a foul issue, but 11 points in 23 minutes for him. He's efficient. A couple of nice like highlight level dunks from Damian Jones in this game. He's a he's a good he's a good athlete around the rim. That definitely showed through. Nice block shot as well at the rim at one point in time. Had four blocks. You know his numbers were okay. It wasn't like he was spectacular, but uh, when compared to a lot of his teammates, he was probably one of the top three or four guys on the floor for the Hawks in this game. Uh, Trey Young, it was not a typical Trey Young game in some ways. He was four for, six, four for sixteen from the floor, I should say. Two of seven from three. Um, I will give him credit for getting to the line twelve times. Um, that's something that's actually really encouraging about Trey Young right now is when he does not have it going as a shooter, which he obviously did not have it going in this game. Missed some floaters that he normally makes, etc. Still had 20 points on 22 shooting possessions, which is not bad. It's not efficient, but with the way that he shot from the floor, that would have been worse, except for the fact that Trey has been very, very good at drawing fouls, and getting to the line, and being a good free-throw shooter, that really helps him as well. The passing is what it always was. Six assists in this game, probably could have had a couple more than that. You know, Trey did not play well at all in this game, but even then, had some nice flashes. Defensively, he had one nice, uh, I think it was a three-on-one fast break that he stopped with a steal, or at least a, a deflection out of bounds. And uh, yeah, not not a banner game for Trey Young, but certainly it's something to be said for someone who can be as bad as he was as a shooter in this game and still be effective or at least relatively effective offensively. That kind of speaks to his talent and his foul drawing uh, provides a higher floor than you might expect for someone of his size. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a pretty good game, I thought, um, all things considered. Uh, obviously, no one was good in this game, but 12 points um on 5-14 from the floor. He cooled off in the second half, to be sure, but had some nice defensive moments, had a nice steal. I think he was the only guy, really, in the first half, particularly, that was playing good defense. Um, It cooled off from there, and obviously, Paul George got some stuff on him, because Paul George got some stuff on everybody in this game. But Hunter was at least solid-ish, and that's something that most, most guys can't say in this game. And then finally, Jabari Parker, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and assist. I said before his defense was really bad in this game. He again, he was not alone. Everyone was bad, pretty much aside from maybe Hunter and maybe Turner defensively. It was uh, it was rough for everyone. Um, Jabari's offense wasn't as explosive in this game as basically no one's was. Even you know no one scored more than twelve points in this game aside from Trey Young, and obviously Trey wasn't at his best either. So yeah, I'm kind of a lot of things to say about this contest. A little bit shorter podcast, I suppose in some ways, but. When, again, one more time for effect here, this is the largest margin of defeat in the history of the Atlanta Hawks franchise for a regular season game, um, and the largest overall since the same move to Atlanta. So, a historic night and in the worst possible way, and the Hawks' prize for this one is having to come back in about 20 hours after this game ended to play against the Lakers in the same building Lakers team that was not playing on this night and that will enter as a big time favorite in this game. In fact, I actually checked during the game. I want to check right now as we talk, live radio here at about 1, you know, 50 a.m. the Lakers are 13 and a half point favorites in that game at this moment in time. Um, the good thing, if you want to find a small good thing, is that no one on the no one on the Hawks team played a lot of minutes in this game. So it won't be the typical back-to-back. Also, there's no travel. Same hotel. So If there was ever a back-to-back that was favorable just from one team's perspective, it's probably this one. The Hawks should be inspired uh, after this game, after how bad they were, but the Lakers are a lot better than the Hawks, so um, there's a reason for that double-digit margin, etc. A a tough task against LeBron and company on Sunday night, but uh, we'll we'll be right here talking about it once again. And uh, if you are... A betting person, you will probably imagine this game that the Lakers game will not be as bad as Clippers game because it was historically bad. And I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. I will put up, <laughs> I'll do whatever I can to make it. Um, you know, try to find the positives, etc. I'm not the most positive person in the world, but I, I I usually bring things back to the middle, and I'm trying to do that a little bit here. But it was as bad as you can possibly imagine, given the fact that again, the Clippers were not playing at full strength. The Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard in this game. Kawhi Leonard is one of the best five players in the world, and their best player. He didn't play. Um, so yeah. All that to say, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend about the podcast. And uh, we'll see everybody on Sunday evening after the game against the Lakers.